Welcome to Sitting with My Sisters. We are three friends in three different places with three different perspectives. Bringing you a podcast to share the love, light, and goodness of Jesus Christ as we go through the recent general conference talks from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm one of your hosts, Melissa Hoy, and with me are my sisters, Kristen Lawler and Jamie Stone. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us today. Um, I wanted to share a really cool review that we got from one of our dear friends. She said, hi ladies, just wanted to let you know that I'm loving the podcast. The episode last year about mental health was beautiful and had me in tears. I was so excited to see it come back. It's so good to hear your voices and I've really enjoyed hearing the different views about coming back to church being the first member in your family, and having a faith crisis. Not only is it helping me to look inside myself, but to understand loved ones that are having their own faith crisis. Thanks so much. Stacia, thank you. That was such a wonderful review that you gave us, and we are so happy that um, our stories and our perspectives um, kind of have helped you out and given you um, some different perspectives on gospel topics. Thank you so much, Stacia. We appreciate you. And we're grateful that you're listening in. Um, so this week on this talk, we are talking, gosh, we are listening. I always say talking. One day I'm going to have a guest as the apostle. Maybe Elder Bednar. Anyway, we're going to have, we're listening to the talk from President Nelson, Hear Him. Um, and it's on the, you know, the end of the Sunday morning session. It's just this wonderful, beautiful talk that he gives us just amazing. I I love President Nelson. And he also incorporates the proclamation that, um, that was given um, at this conference. So, and once again, you know, he, he talks about, which actually it was interesting when I was reading it, he talks about how, what the world was like. So this is, you know, April where, Things with COVID were going crazy. And he talks about how there's been earthquakes, fires, floods. Um, and I was like, oh yeah, there was the, there was Australian fires. There was, and I can't think of any other like things, but I kind of put a, a note to myself. It's like, gosh, I don't remember all these things. And it's so crazy how quick I was to forget some of the things that we've been going through. Of course, we don't forget COVID because it's a continual thing that's going on right now. But how many other things have been going on that we were most likely praying for like me and Jamie did a run for the Australian, for the fires in Australian, uh, Australian fires, you know, and that was like so long ago. And I forget that stuff that we go through and I forget that stuff. And I just don't want to be like those, you hear that in the scriptures, how quick they were to forget. And I felt like that when he he said that. Yeah. That's because 2020 has been the longest year ever. January several years ago. (laughs) I got my first gray hair this year, even. That's how long it's been. I know. I also like that just after that, he says, amidst all of this, we commend you and thank you for choosing to hear the word of the Lord during this time of turmoil by joining us for general conference. And I love that he used the word choose. And it made me think, like, how do I choose to see, hear, and live by God in my everyday? And 
like it's just general conference for me has become such an integral part of my life. I, it's part of my daily morning routine. I listen to different talks. So I don't think about that choice and how I'm still like, it's an intentional choice. I, I have in listening to the words of our prophets and leaders. So I love that he chose that because it, it's easy, especially when things are all chaotic to just, you know, put like wind to the sheets to the wind and sail on out. Yeah. And then like right after that, he talks about how those choices that you make and our love and faith in the savior could very well be why someone else discovers the restoration and the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which I am a, a personal, you know, witness of, of that, that I've, as people I've seen, that's how, like I said, how I joined the church was because of the love and faith that people have for the Savior. It was the direct, um, the direct discovery for myself. Um, so there's a lot of great things in this talk. Highly, highly recommend to go into it. There's, and there's, I think really just too much for us to go over and not spend hours on this. So we're going to kind of hit a couple different points. The first points that we hit is how he says, what does it mean for the gospel of Jesus Christ has been restored to the earth? And what does it mean for you? Constantly the theme of, of the conference, and I know I've said this over and over again, um, is that the rest, that going back and reflecting on the restoration. Um, and I feel like for myself, it's been coming something a little bit more and more as we, we keep reading these talks and they keep going over that first vision and the restoration and, and how everything kind of came up. Um, and it's becoming a little bit more meaningful and understanding, but he gives four things on what it does, what it does mean. Does he got kind of answers it for us? Um, what it means that the gospels are restored. The first one is, he says that it means that you and your family can be sealed together forever. I always, whenever this, is mentioned in a talk that is one thing I will always be grateful for is being able to be sealed to my family. I remember I was supposed to go to a sealing of a friend with my husband and we both get to the temple and we show our recommends and the person that gave our interviews accidentally circled the wrong month on James. So it looked like his temple recommend wasn't current. And so I remember them telling me I could go in, but he couldn't. He had to stay out. And when I went up into the chapel waiting room, I was sitting there. And all of a sudden, I started getting really emotional because I was like, I could not picture my life without James by my side. And just knowing that he couldn't come in. And it wasn't because he wasn't worthy. And he did end up being able to come in just in time for the ceiling because we got a hold of a bishop. But in the moment, I thought to myself, how I just always want to be sealed to my husband and my kids forever. Um, that experience just really was an eye opener for me that I wanted to do all that I could to be able to have that blessing. Oh, I love that. You know, the, the ceiling, um, the idea of the ceiling power is such a personal, I, I was just actually just pondering on how personal it is in an individual story that I know for all, all three of us of how it personally means something to us, you know, and I can't imagine, I mean, I, I just imagine everybody else of that idea of what it means to them and how it affects their lives. Um, and because the gospel is restored, we have that gift and something to, to always be, always be grateful for. 
The second thing that he says that when the gospel has been restored, it means that because um, it means that because you have been baptized by one who has who has authority from Jesus Christ and has been confirmed a member of his church, you can enjoy the constant companionship of the Holy Ghost. He will guide and protect you. Huge thing. I remember actually on my mission where we would have people get baptized and it was the most, most anxious moment is the next day on Sunday to make sure that they showed up to be confirmed and that the baptism wasn't just the end all be all, that this was part of the, the equation of, of joining the church and be able to, and to be able to really dedicate your lives. Because if you're not confirming or see the Holy Ghost, your baptism is not valid. And so it was, I remember having such anxiety and, and fear and, and probably didn't do, I, I think only one time it actually to happen. Most times it was fine and they showed up, but realizing now, reflecting back on how much I probably as a naive missionary didn't help them understand how important having that gift of the Holy Ghost is now in their lives. So the third one it has is that it means that you will never be left comfortless or without access to the power of God to help you. And that's pretty amazing. I think that I don't understand that as much is because that we have access to God. Um, I can't imagine what it was like before the first vision on how they did not have access to God. I just, I can't, I can't put myself in their shoes. Um, and so I think that I don't give more respect to that that I do have that ability to access God. And the last one is that the priesthood power um, can bless you as you receive essential ordinances and make covenants with God and keep them. And so he kind of ends that little bit saying, what an anchor to our souls are these truths, especially during these times when the tempest is raging. So beautiful ideas. I just love that he created this list because you know, I'm going to be a broken record and it's because of the frame of life I'm in right now, but going through a faith crisis, you really take a step back and you kind of try to ask yourself, like, what are the things that I believe in? How has the church been a blessing to my life? And literally all four of those things I was able to look at and say, they have all blessed my life. Like there wasn't one thing he listed that I could sit there and say, like, I could get rid of that. <laughs> like, no, they've actually all been super important in my life. That's awesome. That's awesome, Gary. I'm glad you came to that understanding and remembrance of that to anchor your soul. Um, so on the flip side, now that we, you know, understand a little bit of how important the restoration is, we also see how important all the adversaries working really hard to combat it and that's what he kind of goes into next one how the adversary is clever and is i like how he says that it's he's making good look evil and evil look good his messages tend to be loud and bold and voiceful i look at the news right now on how or even social media that i have to like try to drain out is that when people want their viewpoints they get louder and louder and don't try to listen to anybody and it's so much a lot of adversary works where he just tries to drown out that still small voice of the spirit trying to direct you to correctness and truth 
Absolutely. I, I did the same thing at that point where I started to look at what's going on in the world. What is the media trying to make mainstream that we may know for certain is wrong. And it also made me think about, um, Nihor in Alma and several other like antichrist people um, from scripture, but how it can be close, but counterfeit and how like Nihor, he uses truths about God to justify wickedness. And I think, I mean, I personally in my own relate toxic relationships, um, I've had people try and use my faith against me. Like, how could you do this when you go to church and I'm like yeah I prayed about it and it said to like cut you out so sorry but I mean not just that but I'm just saying like sometimes wrong is wrong no matter what no matter who's saying it no matter how many people are making that choice and it just made me think um about how it is they make good look evil and evil is good but wickedness is never happiness and right after that, he says how Heavenly Father's messages are so different from the adversary about how he communicates simply, quietly, and with such stunning plainness that we cannot misunderstand him. And then when I thought about how he speaks plainly, in the Book of Mormon that we've been studying this week, it says it several times, like, I'm talking plain to you. Like, let me just tell you how it is and break it down in small words so that you can understand them. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. And it's, yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, the Lord has always talked at least personally to me so that I, I truly understand them. And I definitely have known times where I've been confused and unsure because it's been so loud, but the times where I've been so certain have been so crisp and clear that they're undeniable. And so, um, so next he goes talks about how we need to hear him when we have we know we need to have um the restoration and all the truths that come out of it we know the adversary is trying to combat that so in return we need to hear him so that way we can be able to have the adversary um be able to be combated with and i love the examples that he gives of of times where people have hear hear him from peter james and john he says this is my beloved son, hear him. To the Nephites, he says that, uh, you know, my beloved son, whom I'm well pleased, whom I have glorified my name, hear me him. To Joseph Smith, as he's praying in the garden, this is my beloved son, hear him. And he also shares on how these three different events and these examples, they were all in a state of like afraid and confusion. And, um, and they were, and, you know, it shows how, you know, just with the grips of darkness on how that is when the Lord was able to really shine forth and be able to hear that when those times of uncertainty, if we can just hang on to that hope and look towards him, we will hear him even more clear, even though the darkness is surrounding us. And I just love these three beautiful examples um, because it's easy to like get caught up, I feel like, in the darkness sometimes and think that. I, I just want to see the light, but if we just hope for it and keep pressing for it, it'll be even brighter, more impactful than, than ever before. Um, so then he tells us that we need to hear him, and, and it's, it's such a, a beautiful invitation, but it's always that, so how do we do that? And I love it that President Nelson just gives us four things 
on how we can hear him. So the first one he says is that we can go to the scriptures. I love this. I love, I have been able to dive into scriptures a lot more lately and be able to really understand it and be able to apply it to my life. You look at Come Follow Me and how it's so, at least for me, what I'm reading right now, I'm like, I think I have a time frame of when Christ is coming now because I see everything happening when Christ came to the Nephites, it's kind of coming that way. I'm like, I think I have a timeline here. Um, and as, as scary as the events are that I'm reading the Book of Mormon and how seeing it very clearly in our, our day and age, oh my gosh, it brings me such hope that I'm like, God's in charge here. We're so good. We are so good right now. And I get so excited that and it's peace and happiness. I know that he is, he is, he is um, in control. I also like in this section how he talks about how daily immersion in the word of God is crucial for spiritual survival. And I've actually heard that several times in the last two years, I want to say. And um, last year, I didn't do the Come Follow Me. I would just listen to Come Follow Me podcasts and stuff, but I wasn't doing the studying. And this year... I got a, you know, I was like, okay, I'm doing this come January. I bought a study edition book of Mormon. I got all the study tools for the don't miss this. And before I would try to read the scriptures either Sunday or Monday and then listen to their podcast and study it the rest of the week. But things have kind of changed um, in the last few weeks for me and just like the routines of my house and going back to school with the kids and stuff. So I've actually had to read just about every day instead of just two days and then studying. I've been having to read every day and, and study. And I've noticed a difference in my attitude. I've noticed that um, my prayers are being answered, that things that I've been asking for, things that I need help with are coming to fruition. And I think I was thinking back, you know, you know, why is that different? Like, why is this week or these last few weeks different than last month? And the only thing that's different is the fact that I've been reading my scriptures every day instead of getting it done on the first two days and then being, you know, oh, you know, I, I did all my homework in one day, so I'm free the rest of the week. And doing just a little bit every day has definitely changed my attitude and my perspective and has given me the spirit for the whole day and not just the beginning of the week and then it wears off by Friday. I love that. Awesome. Um, the next one that he has, is that a finger or an itch? I was itching, sorry. <laughs> okay, just want to make sure. We have a cue for each other to know when we are uh, need to talk, and so we need to clear that, that cue. Anyway, so the next one that he has is saying that you can hear him in the temple. Um, and, you know, right now we're definitely at a time where we can't go to the temple. And I love how she even gave us like guidance on how we can actually combat, how we can do something different because of that. But that was the, the next um, advice that he gave us to be able to hear him. Um, for me, when I saw this, I'm going to get a little personal and real right now. But um, so my temple recommend expired last month. And I have had thoughts in my head that I don't think I can renew it. I don't think the bishop will find me worthy. I don't think the stake president will find me worthy. 
And it's not because I think I'm a bad person, but I, I just assume they're going to think I don't have the faith necessary to enter the house of the Lord. And it's kind of like a hard thing to think about because the temple has been something I've been going to before I got married. I used to go once a week and that was my place of comfort. And so um, knowing that I have an expired temple recommend um, and like, what am I going to do about it? You know, and reading this talk from President Nelson and, you know, he says, you know, after COVID, you know, restrictions are lifted. He says, please schedule regular time to worship and serve in the temple. Every minute of that time will bless you and your family in ways nothing else can. And just reading that kind of gave me that little spark that I really need to try my best to stay worthy of a temple recommend. And even though I may have those doubts, maybe I am worthy, who knows? <laughs> But at least I can try because I want those blessings for my family. Um, I want those promises. So, yeah. That's just my thought. I like this section, too, because it kind of answers questions from uh, our podcast two weeks ago when we covered uh, Sister Corden's talk about how we can use priesthood power and it says in the temple, there we learn how to rebuke the adversary and draw upon the Lord's priesthood power to strengthen us and though we and those we love. And so he also in this section asks us to do several things to schedule regular time and worship to take time to ponder what you hear and feel when you're there and ask the Lord to teach you how to open the heavens to bless your life and the lives of those you love and serve. It also says to, since um, we can't worship in the temple to increase participation, he makes promises or increase participation in family history. And then he promises that as we increase our time in the temple and family history work will increase and improve your ability to hear him. I really miss the temple, especially since it's still new to me. I've only had my temple recommend for two years um, and it's, mine also has expired and I just need to get in to see my bishop to get that renewed but um it's just I love this section because I really have missed going to the temple and before I moved we were supposed to go to the temple as a girls night the three of us and some other friends and my uh, garage flooded and it was just like a terrible night but I haven't been able to go to the temple since the you know for a few months now but um they just announced a few weeks ago how the prayer roll now you can do it online instead of having to call and leave a message so i've already taken advantage of that and just doing that like helped me feel the spirit and the blessings of the temple knowing that okay i might not be able to go to my local temple but there's still being prayers for people that i love to bless to bless them in their, in their trials. So I really like this section. I can't wait for our temples to be back up and running because so far I'm kind of just hanging out in the parking lot with my so delicious and a cookie several times now. It's just good stuff though too as well. <laughs> You're almost there. It's like that, um, you know, the 
day of the Christmas sale, we were just like open, 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 and just like you're standing out there just waiting in line for it. Um, no, I, you know, I, I've become to value the temple more and more because we can't go to it. You know, my, my husband um, works at the temple and gosh, the, he, he's always been a good man, but when he, the way he values his time in the temple and how much he prepares himself to get there, I just, there's so much change within because of the temple. And I really liked it. You know, I know one of the questions that we've had a lot is how now that women have the priesthood, how do we do that and how do we use it? And what came up to me when I was reading this is that part, you know, that you already read, Kristen, it says that ask the Lord to teach you how to open up the heavens to bless your life. And I thought about that, the heavens opening up is probably through the priesthood power. So I figure that the Lord will teach us how to use our priesthood power, how to open the heavens and bless our lives. And, and if we are able to go in the temple with those questions and understanding, we'll be able to get that personal guidance of how, where we stand and what our abilities are and how we can go and bless others and our family because of it. So I need to put more prayers for the temple to be open is what, what I need to do. Um, so the, the next one, <laughs> that was the last one, the next one is that we also can hear him more clearly as we refine our ability to recognize the whispering of the Holy Ghost. Who so hard to do. Um, and I've listened to so many different talks of people like saying like, is it me? Is it the Holy Ghost? What is it? What not? And at least this is my personal opinion. Well, act on it. I mean, if it's not murdering someone, then what, you know, and good comes out of it, then maybe it was the spirit or maybe it was you or whatever it may be. But the only way I know for myself is to recognize it, those whisperings, is to act on it, to write them down, to ponder it. Um, and, you know, I love his replay that has been quoted so many times already, but his replay for us is that do whatever it takes to increase your spiritual capacity to receive personal revelation. It's the main quote that we hear over and over again of, of how he said that we will not be able to survive spiritually if we do not understand spiritual um, revelation. So such a beautiful idea. And then the last one is we hear him as we heed to the words of the prophets, seers, and revelators. And I'll have you know, you two and also you listeners, that we are already doing this by listening to this podcast. So we got we can check that one off the list. Done for there. So kudos to us, right? Um, so the last little bit, I really wanted to go over the promise and then goes over to the restoration. But he says that, after all of that, I just love his words here. He says, I promise that you will be blessed with additional power to deal with temptation, struggles, and weaknesses. I promise miracles in your marriage, family relationships, and daily work. And I promise that your capacity to feel joy will increase even if turbulence increases in your life. I love his promise that he has if we do these things to hear the Savior better. And I, I'm going to, this is my drum that I'm going to keep beating is it's true. I, this has already come true for me. And I've said this, I mean, if you're ever go to church with me, you'll probably heard it a gazillion times. I've said it on the podcast, 
but joy comes from living and keeping the commandments and our covenants and listening to and obeying brings additional um, power, miracles, and increased joy. And I've said this so many times that since going through the temple, these have been like the happiest years of my life. And nothing significant that we typically put weight on has happened. I didn't get a new job. I didn't have a baby. I didn't get married. I didn't buy a house. Like none of these big landmark items have happened to me. And in fact, the first year that I went to the temple, like ain't nothing going on in my life. Nothing changed except for going to the temple. But it was the happiest year of my life. It was amazing. And the only difference was that I was living and keeping the commandments, that I was drawing closer to the Lord. And it's true that, that your, the joy will increase as those things in your life increase it too. Absolutely. Well, the la last part of it, and we'll kind of just summarize it because it's something that um, we can go into another probably hour of it. But he shares the, the proclamation that was made. Um, the one thing that I thought about, and, and he did give a, uh, he did ask us to study it, uh, to print it out, study it, and ponder the truths of it, which I have not done. So that was, I've not listened to Prophet, so I'm going to do that this week, actually. Um, but he talks about a declaration of the restoration of the fullness of the gospel. Um, and he talked about the last proclamation we had was to the family. And I thought about that as far as like, how much the proclamation of the family has meant so much now in the time of confusion of what the family union is um, is being kind of changed out a lot right now and how great it is to have this proclamation and that I just wonder, I try to think of what's going to happen. I mean, the proclamation of the family was, was done, you know, 25 years ago. What's going to happen in the next 20, 25 years that we are going to so need this the restoration of the gospel to be so firm and so um it's exciting to have this and i and i um definitely urge everybody to listen to the prophet to to study it and study the the truths that we've been um that he's been talking about in this, in this proclamation um so that's the talk right there for us from president nelson our wonderful prophet i love him um we have our wonderful quotes that we have jamie Start us off strong. Don't let us down. My quote is towards the beginning of his talk, and it's, he says, The increasing darkness that accompanies tribulation makes the light of Jesus Christ shine ever brighter. And I thought that was an interesting way of looking at it. Usually we hear, you know, when it's dark, you bring a light to the darkness, right? This is kind of opposite. Like the darker it gets, the brighter Christ gets in our lives. Um, you just have to be able to hear him and see him in the details of our lives. I love that quote too. Jamie and I had a Rochambeau for it. <laughs> <laughs> we also have to say the quote that I'm going to share is also um, one of mine and Jamie's favorite. So it was fine. Um, so my favorite quote is, our father knows when we are surrounded by uncertainty and fear, what will help us the very most is to hear his son. And I love that quote. It really stood out to me, especially given my own journey, my childhood, and 
just all the different situations where I was able to pray when I needed to. I love that I can pray anytime, anywhere, and still have him be with me. Well, my quote was right after that. And it says that because when we seek to hear, truly hear his son, we will be guided to know what to do in any circumstance. I think for me, whenever I come up with a trial or anything happens, I always have to take a step back and I try to figure out how to get out of it. Um, and it's because I just, I know that I can if I rely on the savior. And so I just love the reminds, remind, remembrance from um, our prophet. We just need to truly hear him so that way we can get through, get through anything. So that's our wonderful prophet. Oh, how much do we love him? Um, what were your thoughts of it? What were your thoughts of the proclamation? What, um, what were something that you got out of it when you studied it? Um, what are ways that you use the things that he um, asked you to do to hear him? And how has that affected your life? Please tell us. We love hearing your testimonies. And we love sharing that with you. And so we can grow together in Christ. So we'll see you next time on City with My Sisters. See you later, alligator. And a wild crocodile. Yes.